Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is back on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Listen to that excitement. Where you in been, your man? You can't stop smiling. Where you been? He misses me so much. Where have you been? <laughs> I've been everywhere. Talk about it. I've been... So, you know, I took two weeks off, which mm-hmm. I've never taken a two-week vacation in my entire life. Ever? Ever. My honeymoon was 10 days. Jesus Christ. This, this was longer than the honeymoon. This was longer than the honeymoon. Wow. <laughs> but I had to get back. Mm-hmm. Brian had to get back. This was different. Um... I went to Rome first. Mm-hmm. Actually, I went to New York. Saw you. Yes, New we York. Had, We're in New York. I was we king had of downtown. You're king of downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, me, Kalika, and Charles. Charles Holmes. Shout out Charles Holmes. And then I left from there and went to Rome. Rome. 24 hours in Rome. Sweet. Then went down to Sorrento. Actually, we flew to Naples. Mm. No. We took the train to Naples and then took a car to Sorrento. Okay. We fell asleep. When I woke up and I saw Sorrento, all I saw was the water. Greece is beautiful, but there is something about the Amalfi Coast and being in Sorrento. I just, I you felt like it. I had been there before. I felt connected. I'm, I have never loved a place more that I've traveled to than Italy. Have you been to Africa? I haven't been yet. So okay, don't, so, so don't get me there. Don't get me saying. there because I haven't been yet. I I'm said I've never loved a place more that I've traveled to. But Van tried to catch me up. Just I'm making still, sure. I'm still on my game. I took two weeks off. I'm still on top of it. Anyways, we city hopped to um, Nerano and Pazzitano and we saw Malfi and we did some by land and we did some of it by sea and it was just amazing. Mm. I was emotional leaving. It was just such a beautiful place. Wow. You loved it. You have to go. Italy. You and Kalika. Mm-hmm. I will give you our itinerary. We worked with the travel agent. It was nah, amazing. I don't no, no, no. You'll say just like Greece and then you got there and you were like. It, but Greece is great and I feel like I've done Mediterranean I, shit. I thought I thought that too, because I've done Greece. Okay, mm-hmm. they can hear that on the podcast. <laughs> they can hear the finger tapping. Okay, I'm the only one who likes ASMR. Uh, anyways, left there, went to Paris. Nice, and came home. Did you eat great foods? Yeah, even for being a picky eater, I, I felt like say, I yeah. had fantastic food. Right. What was your favorite thing that you ate? Oh, I mean, the sea bass that I was constantly getting out there was great because mm. it was fresh. Mm, fresh. Pasta was good. Mm-hmm. What else did you do? Like, what was, so you, you were on the water. Did you get in the water? Yes. And I had an aerial moment. You had like a, a aer- real aerial moment. Like a little mermaid? I have to post it. I was so in the moment. I took all these pictures and videos, and I've been really bad at posting stuff. Mm-hmm. Eat, pray, love trip. Yeah. You loved it. Yeah. Under the Tuscan sun, you ever see that? I haven't seen that. You Oh, you'd love that. You'd love Under the Tuscan Sun. That's Diane Lane, I think. Under the Tuscan Sun. That's after, uh, after, what was the one she did with Olivier Martinez that was unbreakable? Unfaithful. Unfaithful. So that's that's after Unfaithful. Unbreakable. That was after (laughs) Unfaithful, which was a good movie for many reasons. And um, she comes back with Under the Tuscan Sun, and I thought it was going to be more of an unfaithful type situation, and it was So wasn't. you were disappointed. Yeah, I was. You wanted the freaky stuff. A little bit, but it was still very good, though. I like Under the Tuscan Sun. All right, well. You know what I mean? Maybe when I go back next year. Mm-hmm. You'll do, you're will do. you going back to Italy? I want to. I don't know if I can. You're going to go back to Italy? You're going to go to Italy every single year now? I, don't, I just loved it so much. Yeah. what you do? Hung out. Hanging out, uh, hanging out, doing the Midnight Boys, uh, pew pew, Ahsoka's out, tearing up the airwaves. I was able to, <laughs> I stayed in New York for twelve days. 
What? Yeah, New York for 12 days. Really? Yeah, so was in New York for Fancy Feet's wedding. Stayed <laughs> past that. Okay. And then I had to do the thing with the History Channel, so I was actually there for longer. Okay. So stayed in New York for like 12 days. Actually, was it 12? That's a long time. No, no, it wasn't 12. Well, it was no, it was it wasn't 12. Why why I keep saying 12? It wasn't 12. It know. was 8. That's still a long time. Yeah, 8 days in New York. Um hung out, went all over the place. Uh and I just been chilling, man. Getting over a little sickness. Bozeman had surgery. What? Yeah. I can't believe Kalika didn't tell me this. We were keeping she didn't it on the tuck. Me. She didn't want to worry me on the trip. What happened? Is he he okay? swallowed a tennis ball. <gasps> How did he swallow a tennis ball? Was it the little ones? Swallowed a tennis ball. A big one or the little one? The little one. While we were gone. <gasps> and he was under the care of the fucking dog sitter people. But that's a, that guy, But the guy took care of, took immediate action. That yeah. could have been bad. He took immediate action. Yeah, he took immediate action. Just run me my motherfucking money. How about that action? How about the action of running a nigga his money? Are y'all going to make him pay for it? I, nope. I don't want to talk bad because it was scary for everyone. It's not. Maybe it's, it's like the company. And it's a whole company that does that. So I don't want to talk. It That's was actually a scary really, for everyone. I'm really glad he's okay. Have have Why surgery? do you have to have surgery? Because they couldn't go into his gullet and get the ball out. Oh, so he so he wasn't choking. No, he swallowed, he swallowed it the tennis whole. ball. Yeah, and he and he wouldn't have been able to to like pass nah, that through. They were through. afraid that it would block up his intestines. Yeah. I thought he was choking too. Oh, I was like, oh my god, it's Bozeman. I'm so glad Bozeman's okay. It's that good. is, it is so scary to leave your dog with someone else. I'm more than happy to take on Bozeman. Things are gonna change now, baby. Things Wait, I've I learned ask? lessons. Okay, before you do that, can I ask you, I asked you this of the text message you didn't answer, so I'm going to bring it to the podcast. Why did you tweet what you tweeted? About what? About me. Oh, about the fact <laughs> that like, you've been disrespected? I go, are you okay? Who upset you? What happened? Nah, so I've been watching Batch, right? Yeah. And so since I've been watching Batch, I've been kind of getting into Batch. Like Batch World. You've only been watching my season. I've only been watching your okay. season, but because I've been watching your season I'm more in with Batch than before. It's like I'm kind of looking forward to the Golden Bachelor. I'm gonna watch it too, actually. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about it. You know what it. I mean? I wanna see what happens when you put old people in a fantasy suite. There's nothing like it. You know, like they are they're they're decrepit. You know? Well, they're like don't put a, don't do that. Don't what, be ages. I'm I'm not being ages. Decrepit is a negative. Not decrepit. Okay, for first of all, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but they need KY. And so I want to see if, I want to see if, I'm just being You just said it so much, but they need KY. What I'm just saying is it's a different thing. Like he probably can't, he's not the same as he was. And he might not do that. Not everybody has sex in the fantasy suite. That's not what you said before. So it's it's different now. You know what I mean? So he's not, I want to see if there are any limitations to what I've seen on Batch with what they're able to do. So you're only looking forward to the fantasy suite. Not the fantasy suite. Like, okay, so for example, when it's like Batch and people are you know, doing horseback riding and stuff like that. What if somebody were to fall <laughs> off the horse? It's like really different now. Different. They have to change the show. Sure, a little bit. Are they going to go like bumper bowling or what's going to happen? On, on I want to see it, right? But then also... I was seeing, you know, Batch in Paradise, 
mm-hmm. been showing commercials for Batch in Paradise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've been just looking at different things in Batch, and I was so Batch people doing different stuff, and I was like, I went back and looked at the stuff that you did following Batch. I just felt like maybe, maybe they played you. Maybe what did I do? Fo- what did who did you see doing something different from what I did following Batch? I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to be unfair to people because some of these people are very nice people. Give me one. Would you were you ever on Dancing with the Stars? I chose not to. Oh, you so they they so, they brought it up for fact. Okay. By the way, this is not a diss because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like all of that, but I'm just I see stuff now and I see oh, Batch could be a real, and I'm like, did they give Rachel these same opportunities? So well, maybe fun I was fact, mm-hmm. Chris Harrison actually said to me, if you want a job in the industry, media, you should probably not do Dancing with the Stars because you don't want people to just see you as a reality star doing another reality TV show. Right. You did Bachelor, you did Bachelorette, now you'll be going Dancing with the Stars. And I actually thought that was really good advice, and I think he was right. I don't see people who do all three of those and then are able to, because most people who come on this show want to be a host. And not who come on, but afterwards I get a lot of messages like, hey, I want to host, hey, I want to do this. But if you keep going on reality shows, that's all that they'll see you as. Why are you looking at me like that? What was the nature of your relationship with Soup Kitchen? Was this some kind of weird Yoda, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan, no. Luke Skywalker, mentor, mentee? Are you? Were you guys in the situation? Was he like... Wait, wait a no. minute. Wait, wait, Let's not paint it was, for something it wasn't. Was Soup Kitchen your mentor? No. Far what from the it. fuck is going on? <laughs> Far from it. But I asked as I was coming off you the show. You asked Soup Kitchen I for asked, advice? I asked Mike Fleiss. I asked Chris Harrison. He wow. was a host. And you I ain't asked, leaving shit out. And I asked. Soup I thought Kitchen, I said this before. Soup Kitchen was your friend. I, not friend, but definitely somebody I felt like I could ask a question to. It wasn't always bad, which is why he came on extra to do that interview. It wasn't always contentious. We weren't close, but like we were cool. And I've never said that we that we weren't. But I wasn't one of his favorites, and I wasn't somebody that he he hung out with several contestants and leads, and I was not one of them. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, he told me not that I shouldn't do that, and I actually think that was great advice. So that's I didn't want to do Dancing with the Stars. No shade to anyone who did. I just had a vision of where I wanted to go. Okay, well that makes a lot of sense, and maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was in my feelings. I was. I, I love that though. I I was drinking when <laughs> when I made that. Uh, I was, I was drinking when, um, when I made that because I was thinking they treat Rach badly to me, and I I was like, why hasn't Rach? I actually went and looked at your Instagram followers, and then looked at the Instagram followers of all the other Bachelor contestants. Oh yeah, now that's a thing for real. That's a real thing. I've never had a million. Tasha does. Yeah, Pete the pilot looked at some of these other people. So I would say Tasha's the most followed person of color from the show, but everybody else. Interesting. Everybody else doesn't have um, nearly close. Interesting. Uh, a development happened while you were gone with me. Okay. I've become something. Mm. I'm the king of sleep. You keep deeming yourself the king of things. I'm the king 
of sleep. And what does this mean? Okay. Nobody is getting better sleep than me. A lot of you niggas have a lot of things going for yourselves. You got money. You got abs. 40-inch verticals. Run fast. Why is it all athletic? Some of you are brilliant. Very smart. Not one of you is getting as good of sleep as I am. Not one of you. What does this mean? Is it hours? Is it the way you're sleeping? Like, give me more. Are you getting... There has to be more than, oh, I'm getting eight hours of sleep. It's not even about eight hours. Okay, t- talk to me. What, it's what, about what makes all you the, the metrics of sleep. The aura ring is looking at me like, nigga, what you on? What are you on? Like, nigga, what's with you? You know what I'm saying? It's not about just, number one, the hours of sleep, because anybody could do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's about how deeply you're sleeping. It's about okay. the restlessness that you're experiencing during the night. It's about your HRV balance, okay? It's about the O2 saturation that you're getting at night. It's about uh, how much your body temperature is decreasing when you sleep. I'm on some different shit. I've hit levels of sleep that motherfuckers can't even dream of. When I'm telling you, you know, and you know what's happened? Let me tell you what happened. Sleep mask. Bam. I put the sleep mask on. I got two different sleep masks. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah, I bet you can't because that's not the type of thing that you care about. (laughs) You don't care about being refreshed the next day. You're like, I can't talk. I'm out the party. That's probably how you were. I told you that I'm not to have surgery. You're really just going to imitate my voice At the same time, you're aggravating that with your lifestyle. Okay, I've never talked to you about your lifestyle. I don't like the way the king of sleep has made you. Because I'm wired. I don't okay, because like I'm ready to go. That's why. Well, I'm about to be ready to fight. That, fight me then. I'm too well rested. You will lose. So this is what I'm trying to say right now is that I'm looking at my sleep metrics and it's like, it's really crazy. Like I'm putting the sleep mask on. Mm-hmm. I put in a, a video in my ear. A An- what? Analyzing Evil is the name of the uh, the podcast, the, the the YouTube channel, Analyzing Evil. And there's one video they have with Darth Sidious, a.k.a. Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. This who sounds distracting. It's not, because let me tell you why. The guy talks in such a monotone. I'm going to play a little bit of it for you, just real quick, and then we can get to the podcast. That's George Jefferson. I like. I can play, <laughs> hold on, Analyzing Evil. Like, that's what you listen to just, when just you listen. Sleep. Look, anal- look, tell me right now. This is it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 30th episode of Analyzing Evil. Do you listen to what Sidious. he's talking about? the Dread Emperor of the Galactic Empire. This episode is a special episode for me, as Palpatine is my favorite cinema yeah. villain. The amount of pure... I can't believe you're listening to evil stuff before you go to bed. You're the demon of sleep. You're, t- you're turning it negative, which is something that I knew that you would do. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, sleep mask, first of all, everyday athletic greens, put you down, sleep mask, house, 66 degrees. Oh, God. Go in there. Boom, boom. Hug Bozeman. Lay down. I'm the king of sleep. I'm sleeping. This is a big deal. You know, you know what? That's cool. See, if it was something different, you would support it. No. If it was like, if it was, if I was a king of ham hocks or fried pork chops like you like or drinking tequila, see what I'm saying? You would be, you'd support it. But I'm actually not drinking. Oh. 
What? I'm not pregnant, so don't start that rumor. Oh, okay. I was about to say, because that's where my mind went. Mm-mm. So you're not drinking? You've given up alcohol? You're a 12-step program? No, I'm not in a 12-step program. But, like, I drink a lot of wine, so I'm detoxing. I'm seeing what it does. Oh, I'm seeing if that actually... Okay. Okay. Well, what What else? What? What? I, I mean, can't. I can't not. I not. love a challenge. Actually, challenge accepted. Rachel, can you not drink for an entire month? Yes. Thirty I've days. Started. Thirty days. No, no, started. no. It doesn't. No, you get no credit. It's today is no, the first day. No, I'm not starting today. <laughs> I'm starting. I'm start, I want. No, I want my two days. No, no. Today I is the first day. Two days. No. So thirty days. No alcohol. Okay. So this is what this is what we'll do. We'll, you know, my. It started the fifteenth. Sixteenth. Okay. We'll make a trade. 30 days, no alcohol for you. 30 days, no. I can't think of anything. No. What can you give up? Mm -hmm. Sweets? (laughs) It's not happening. (laughs) Okay. I can tell you I'm not going to do it. It's hard for me to give up a glass of wine, but I'm doing it. Yeah, we'll see. I believe in you. I want you to do it. I had already made this decision before you even, but but I'll take before your I challenge you anyway. Um, I've made a big decision. I was going to make an exception for Saturday, but I guess I have to stick to it now. Nah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, I, I've made a decision. What? I'm opting out of the gender wars. I mean, you mean on this podcast, like we won't have any more battle of the sexes? That's what I'm talking about. This is what I'm saying. I realized something. Okay. There was a terrible story uh, that you missed while you were gone about a lady that got hit upside the head with a brick. Whoa. And the lady got hit upside the head with the brick. And after she got hit upside with the head with the brick, it's very swollen. Okay. And she was talking about the fact that she got hit with the brick for not giving somebody her phone number. Oh, she got hit with the brick. Now, this is what happened. So, automatically, people chose sides. They chose up. They chose sides. And now, there is wow. all types of information about this. There's speculation about whether or not this actually happened. There's speculation about whether or not this was a GoFundMe type of scam. Uh, there hasn't been anything concrete enough for me to be like, this didn't happen. But there's all kinds of talk. And I realized something. There are a bunch of women, a bunch of men and women who they are simply not changing their minds about black men and black women. Probably a bunch of men out there that think what they think about black women because they've been taught this, they've dealt with whatever, and there's nothing that I can say. There's a bunch of women that think all niggas ain't shit because they've been with 10 or 15 niggas that aren't shit or four or five niggas that ain't shit. And there's nothing that I can say. I'm out. I'm not in the middle of it anymore. I'm not reffing it anymore. It's over. It's not an argument of good faith. It's a trauma battle. And I've seen that because when something so egregious happens and we can't take the time to actually try to get to the bottom of it in a holistic way, Mm -hmm. meaning Support, 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 like talk about different types of situations that exist. And then if something fishy pops up, go, oh, that's a little fishy. 
when everybody runs to their bunkers right away, you're not having a real conversation. I think that there are millions and millions of black men who love black women. I think there are millions and millions of black women who love black men, uh, black women who love black men. And I think that there's probably more uh, to be gained by enhancing ideas and talking about concepts that might be getting in the way, talking about whether or not black women have enough in the world, period, with a man or with not, without a man, talking about whether or not black men have um, enough safety, enough uh, mental security, enough physical security to actually love and be available without being dominant, whether or not we have the ability and we have are giving each other permission to be vulnerable and emotionally available. I think those conversations are much, much, much more productive than a conversation about who's more full of shit. And I think a lot of times that these arguments are becoming reductive and they're covering up actual real harm. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that I don't look at my brothers and say, hey, this is this is what we're getting wrong. But the things that we're getting wrong have so much to do with who we are and they're not really mirror images of anybody else. Like the things that we do get wrong. I think black men are fantastic and amazing, but the things that we do get wrong have a lot to do with a lot of things. And we need to focus on those things so that we can show up better in our communities for our women, for ourselves, for everyone. Mm. And as far as sisters, I just, I, it, it makes no sense to tell them how to feel because the world keeps showing them their ass crack. So all of that stuff, I've, I've almost gotten to the gender wars, but I can tell you there's nothing less productive than these gender wars that people are putting out here. It's nothing less productive. That's insane. Yeah. That people were picking sides when it came to, or they even questioning. I know, but as you said, something should just be so straightforward. Lady said she was hit with a brick in the face by a man because, for whatever reason, yeah, he hit her with the brick. What is there to cho- what? Why are we even choosing sides on that? To me, that's something that's straightforward. That's wild. I agree with you. If that's something that becomes debatable, what's the point of even doing it? Right. Here's the deal. Something that's not debatable. Biggest story in college football, Deion Sanders in Colorado. We're going to talk about it on the other side of this break. Big deal with the day. Rachel, did you watch the game Saturday night? Colorado? Yeah. No. Neon Deion, prime time. Went up against Colorado State. 43-35, the game was, uh, it was a fucking scene. Everybody was in Boulder. Offset was there. The Rock was there. Lil Wayne walked the team out. It was Mark Jones said it was like the BET Awards. <laughs> Come on, Mark. <laughs> I fuck with Mark, but but he's known to kind of just say some. Man, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Mark. <laughs> let me give like, Mark Jones. <laughs> Mark Jones had a line. I was fucking baffled by this. <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon shook somebody and scored. Malcolm Brogdon for the mm-hmm. Celtics. And Mark says something like, Malcolm gets to the cup by any means necessary. <laughs> I was like, we can't do that, Mark. Mark, I fuck with you the long way. But Mark, we can't do that. We can't, we can't make the we can't make Malcolm Brogdon 
into Malcolm X <laughs> for the sake of the NBA basketball broadcast, man. When I saw it was Mark Jones, I'm like, okay, that that's actually not shocking because he says things from time to time. However, a lot of people were like, well, thank God he was black. Would you have felt different if um, a white person said that? Yes, be, people would have been be, totally I'd upset. Be, I'd be calling for his firing. <laughs> uh, so Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Offset, Lil Wayne, The Wu-Tang Clan, Kawhi Leonard, Key Glock, Master P, Cameron, Shane Sharp, Michael Irvin, Chauncey Billups, Kyle Lowry. All of those people showed up to the game. Obviously, what Deion Sanders has been able to do in Boulder uh, and rejuvenate a Colorado program that hadn't been nationally relevant in close to 30 years, um, maybe a little bit less than that. They were a big deal, a traditional power for a while, and then they kind of went away. They won the game, and the game itself was fucking wild. Starting in the pre the pregame. Starting in the pregame. Because backstory to the game. Right, right, right. Uh, Colorado State coach. This is a rivalry. Colorado, mm-hmm. Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Colorado State coach Jay Norvell said that when he talks to adults, he was taught that when you talk to an adult, uh, you talk to your mama or something like that, you take your hat, you take your sunglasses off. Obviously, Deion Sanders is known for wearing a hat and sunglasses. So it was a shot at Prime. Prime then said it's personal. And so then the game was chippy from the beginning, and it was filled with penalties, one of the toughest to watch first quarters of any college football game I've ever seen. It was a slog. But then the game itself just became a fantastic football game. Colorado State dominated most of the game, really pushed Colorado around the field for the majority of the game. But Colorado has Shador Sanders and 98-yard drive to tie the game with like under a minute left or just over a minute left. They get to overtime, a couple of coaching mistakes by Colorado State. Colorado prevails. What do you think about what Deion Sanders is doing in college football? I mean – Listen, we were talking about what Dion was doing. You know what? Wherever Dion has gone, he's been able to change it and bring conversation and do things in a very revolutionized way. When he was with um, Texas, Trinity, I think, was the high school that he was with. What he was doing at Trinity, how he was getting, you know, their uniform sponsored, how he was bringing attention to it on a national level. That's what Dion does. And he takes that and he goes to Jackson State and he brings awareness to HBCUs. And, you know, you can be critical of his leaving or not or what he did, but he did do things at Jackson State that hadn't been done before or another HBCU. I look, you look, you want to say something. I You're don't. smiling. Yeah, he does. You, you want to say something. Yeah. So it's no surprise to me that Dion is bringing attention to University of Colorado. I think. I didn't think that he would do this, right? I never thought that the first game of the season going up TCU that was ranked that they were going to beat TCU. And I I don't I think if they had not beat TCU, there still would be attention and Deion Sanders would do what he does and there would be a lot of of talk around the program and what he's doing cuz if they had lost and it had been close, there still would have been conversation, but the fact that they came in that first game, they beat this ranked team who was in the national championship just the year before. Yeah. was a huge statement. Dion has this magical ability to get everybody excited in whatever it is that he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I didn't watch the game, but I'm paying attention to everything. The co- I can talk about it like I watched it. I was I pay attention to everything University of Colorado is doing. I watched the 60 Minutes special you did. that Dion Sanders did because I'm interested in 
how his mind works. And and you can and I understand the discourse that's going around, you know, with Dion. Some people don't like how cocky he is. Some people think he's doing a little bit too much. But if you do actually sit down and listen to what he's what he says, like in that interview that I watch, he really does care about the players. And I think that that's something that isn't talked about enough. In addition to all the pomp and circumstance, there really is a lot of care and support about the athletes that play with him, even Travis or for him, even Travis Hunter getting hurt. That was his first concern mm-hmm. after the game, more than the win and everything else and all the drama. It was about Travis. And so I like what Dion's doing. I may, I may not be one of those people who's jumping on the bandwagon and into all the stars that keep coming just because it's what's popular right now. Like I just, I'm not hopping on that bandwagon, but I like what Dion's doing. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing not there's, there's nothing to not like. I think no, I can actually see people taking issue with what can come off as cocky. Why? Because not everybody likes that. Not everybody. It doesn't bother me, but I'm not. It's not. When someone talks about it, I'm like, I can see how that can rub you the wrong way. I can see how it can be a lot. It's the same thing with him as a player. Not everybody liked all of that. I personally love to see when a player is like that. Not everybody enjoys watching that type of player. Not everybody enjoys watching that type of coach. Hmm. Not everybody enjoys the fact that, you know, Wayne's performing before the game. Wayne's having coming out with them. You know, it's not everybody wants to see all of that. Mm-hmm. And I get that, too. So I can see how not everybody's into, as I said, the pomp and circumstance of it all. Right. So, I mean, look, I remember a game between SC and Ohio State, maybe like 2011. I can't remember. This is when Taylor Mays was playing for Ohio State. Just Taylor Mays, man, six foot two, two hundred and thirty five pound safety that ran like a four three forty yard dash. Couldn't flip his hips, but was just a fucking freak. Um, I just remember the game just being filled with stars. I remember SC kind of doing that. I remember Pete Carroll and SC sort of being a program that really uh, embraced having a ton of celebrities around. Snoop Dogg's there, Denzel Washington's there, Vince Vaughn is there. But it's also L.A. All of these people. That's facts. So, so it, but it became these. SC was Hollywood for a second. They became Hollywood. Like Boulder's not easy to get to. <laughs> These right. people are so coming to Boulder. The 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 fall um, from that was just when the team stopped winning. Okay, uh, I don't think that well, Deion Sanders is actually. Trouble. I don't think that Deion Sanders is actually that cocky as a football coach. What? I, okay, so <laughs> okay, so look. What? So I think he's. When I when I say cocky, I mean Deion Sanders doesn't go out and say, "Hey, we're gonna beat you out by fifty points." Like what Deion would say when he was playing for the for for the Falcons or playing in the in the uh, in, in in the NFL, he say he'd say stuff like, "After they built the Georgia Dome and they're talking to him, and he came back and he played there, I think he was playing for the 49ers at this point, or maybe the Cowboys, and he had gotten to it with Andre Rosen." I remember Deion said, "I built this place." He's like, I built the Georgia Dome. This, I built this place. Like, that kind of stuff was like, you know, Dion would be back there waiting for the punt. He'd be calling for the punt, like, kick it to me. I loved it. And then they stopped kicking <laughs> to him, right? So, <laughs> so Dion was like, overtly, I'm the best. I cannot be stopped, whatever. With this, it, it, it's a little different to me. The I think what he has said was, he says, we, we coming. 
He says, we're coming. We're here. We demand to be recognized and we demand that people pay attention to what it is that we're doing. I don't necessarily think it's cocky in, in him saying, yo, nobody can touch us. I think he has the boys believing in themselves and believing in themselves in a way that maybe people think that they shouldn't. The only thing that I would say about everything that happened between Colorado and Colorado State is this. Um, This is all about Deion Sanders. And I think people should understand that. You know, I think there are a lot of black people that are saying, hey, black coach making black waves, doing black things. And if there was anything that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, it would be that. Because it's not that. It has nothing to do with the fact that Deion Sanders is a black coach. It's because Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders, right? Absolutely. And, you know, other people have alluded to this. This isn't something brand new that I'm saying, but it's because of that. Because remember now, nobody came to perform rap songs at Charlie Strong's games or Ty Willingham's games or David Shaw's games. Would they have been allowed to? Like, I'm just, I'm just, like would Texas have let Charlie no, Strong but, do that? But what I'm just, what I'm saying is that, I mean, they let him have Matthew McConaughey at that bitch. I mean, this, you know. But that's not performing. And so, and so what, I, like, what I'm saying is that, like, there have been black coaches that need support from the black community in these traditionally white spaces for a long time. They didn't have the star power to Correct. get people to care like Deion Sanders does. Uh, even right now, Eddie George is coaching at Tennessee State. Nobody cares. Eddie George coaching at Tennessee State is a former NFL All-Pro, a Heisman Trophy winner, coaching at an HBCU. Nobody cares. They didn't care because that guy went to an HBCU. They care because Deion Sanders went to an HBCU. Hugh Jackson, an ex-NFL coach right now, is the head coach at Grambling. Nobody really cares. It's Dion. All of it is Dion. And it being Dion comes with this. It comes with the same type of celebrity and hierarchy that exists in America by and large. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not there's no revolution happening in Colorado. That's not happening. There, it's the same thing that always has one in America, which is the people that we know, the people that we love, the people that we worship, being able to do whatever it is that they want. Now, I like it because it makes people uncomfortable and it makes the establishment in the good old boys network of uh, college football uncomfortable. It makes them uncomfortable. It makes them uncomfortable because there is a tradition in a way that you're supposed to go about doing things. And a lot of coaches have bucked that system. Right. A lot of coaches have been like, ah, whatever. We got like he cares. Jumped over people, hopped over people. We've seen different college coaches and coordinators that are black not get the opportunity, uh, while other coaches get recycled and brought back for X amount of times. So to see a black man do it and make people uncomfortable, that's cool. But anyone that's kind of making this into a like a black thing, I think it's a little misguided just because. If you want to support something that's black, that's historically black, and that has always been black, you can just support HBCUs. You can support SWAC football and MEAC football. You can support the football of the people that like really would need that. And anybody that's out there that's a a rapper or that's a, a, 
a huge star, mm-hmm. if you want to go someplace and really boost someplace up where it'll really make a difference, like a huge difference, you could do it there. If it's about that. Yeah. Um, But that's not to say that I don't like what I'm seeing because I like movements like this in college football are very important to me. Yeah. I don't think it's making people uncomfortable because of exactly what you said. It's Deion Sanders and he's a celebrity. If it was maybe somebody else doing it and 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 talking in this way and and, and all of it that comes with Dion, then may or a Dion like person, then yeah, maybe you'd be uncomfortable. I don't think people are uncomfortable at all. People can't stop covering it. They can't stop talking about it. They can't stop coming. All these people coming to the games. Uh, I just don't think that there's an uncomfortable. I think people are excited at the way people are talking about college football and. It's bringing money. Yo. It's bringing in money. I'm going to tell you something right now. The media might not be uncomfortable with it because they love Deion Sanders. But it's some some ADs. It's some university presidents. It's some coaches. Not Colorado. That are close to uh, being on the hot seat that are really, really pissed off that the whole college football world is paying attention to what's going on. Well, in that's Colorado. a that's a jealousy thing. That's I what I'm saying. Though. I'm okay. saying. I'm, I'm, I thought I'm you saying, were saying it because it's a black man doing. No, I'm this. saying it's because I mean it is something. I mean there is something to be threatened about, right? I but, mean, yeah, but it's a but you're right about people in the hot seat and no one and you're not talking about their pro, that. Not only is Dion talking about it, he's doing it. Yeah. So there's that's really the threat too. If he was just talking and they were zero and three at this mm-hmm. point, so. Uh, I'll tell you like this, uh, because a lot of stuff happens. Like, for example, what Jay Norvell said about Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. You think that was inappropriate to say? Absolutely. Okay. Because he's a black man, too. Because Jay Norvell is a black man, mm-hmm. too. Let me ask you a question, then, by that same token. When Deion Sanders was a head coach at Jackson State, and we all remember college, I remember one time Deion Sanders said he told his players— and I got killed on Instagram for this. He told his players, he said, you can't come to class in flip-flops and you can't come to class in your beater or your sweatshirt. It's like, you got to put on some stuff and go to class. And I was like, me remembering having gone to an HBCU and knowing <laughs> the financial situation that some of the kids are in. Uh, I think that the sweatshirt was cool, but he didn't want them coming in beaters. He didn't want them coming in flip-flops. I was like, I kind of don't dig that type of deal. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. Like, okay. To me, I don't see that much of a difference. Like, I don't, like, I, I, Jay Norvell is black. So him saying, take your sunglasses off and your hat off, that's a specific, that's him saying you have to adhere to a specific sort of uh, overarching cultural edict in order to be respectful. That's what he's saying, right? He's saying, well, I, what, how I was taught is, you talk to somebody, you take this, you take your sunglasses off, you take your hat off. And he said, talk to my mama, whoever, take sunglasses off, talk your hat off. I'm not saying he's right. But like, when you're telling a group of young black men that if you want to go into the classroom, you need to take your, you need to not go in flip-flops and not, and you need to dress up like this. To me, both messages are like, it's kind of arbitrary to me, but I don't see how you could be super offended by one when you get what he's talking about like you get what he's saying i've heard you say it before so i don't 
it's not that it's, it's maybe a grown man shouldn't talk to a grown man like that, but that's how I was looking at it. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean but even to that point though, it's like if you're a grown man and and you would have come to my dad's funeral and whatever, there were some people who wouldn't have been mad. I wouldn't have been mad. You know, I'm not on that, but I I don't see a difference there. And I saw people jump to that when when Dion did it. To with the players, everybody was like, oh my God, Prime is doing such a great thing. But when Jay Norvell said it to Dion, it became about look how racist and how Jay Norvell is playing into these stereotypes. I think you have to look at the intention behind Dion telling his players that versus what Jay Norvell. Jay, That's a fair it, point. It was a dig, it was negative, and it was meant to paint Dion in a certain light, in a bad way in front of the media. He mm. put himself here, this is what I would do, versus look at what Dion's doing. And mm. it was it was a negative thing. Right. And that was the intention behind it. Dion telling his players to like, it's not like he's saying you got to buy a suit. He's just saying, hey, present yourself in a certain way. You're representing Jackson State football. I actually like that message of like, you know, I do believe sometimes when you dress a certain way, it makes you, it gives you a little bit more confidence yeah. and you you feel better about yourself. So I understand what he was doing with that. The intention was good. Right. So I think that's where I see the difference. Like Jay Norville knew exactly what he was doing. Right. And there's that jealousy. You're right. I think and <laughs> Colorado State, I'll coach Colorado for a lot of that game. <laughs> but they got Shador Sanders, bro. That that boy a dog. All what, right. Do you think that uh, Shannon Sharp had a really interesting comment about that hit on Travis Hunter, that late hit? What did he say? He said, and I'm paraphrasing. Please don't come at me if I say this wrong. He basically said that you're either you either coach somebody to do that, or you oh, created or you create an environment that allows somebody to yeah, do that. But, Donnie, please, will you check that but, for but me? Let me tell you why I disagree with that. Number one, if you've been on a football field long enough, you've, uh, Ryan Clark had something to say about that. Like they, that, that happens. That's the first thing. Number two, I could as easily make an argument that saying we're going to go hang 70 on them. And now that the game, now the game is personal, that that created that environment. Now, Jay Norvell said what he said, but, I mean, in response, Prime could have been like, we don't care about that. We block out the noise. We go play football. But that's not what he did. What he did was he said, and I'm not saying he was wrong to do it. I'm saying what he did was say, what he, what he did was say, hey, it's personal now. We're going to go out here and do this. We do it. It's personal now. And he got his team all riled up. And so now you got to see video of them saying, we're going to go out here and beat them by this. And it's personal. So now everybody's personal. And now it goes out there. Who said it's personal now? Dion said it's personal. Okay. He said it over and over again. He's like, he would say, now it's, and the team would say personal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just part of the game. Like that's the bulletin board material, whatever, that's part of the game. Your point is very well taken um, about intent. The intent's on each side are totally different. I will say intellectually, when I look at both things, I feel like it's coming from the same place. You know what I mean? I don't really believe, I think if you go to school in, in, in flip-flops and a tank top, the most important thing is how you're doing in class. Sure. And so if I don't care what you wear, as long as you meet whatever standard the university has, like you don't have your dick showing and all of that stuff, as long as you go in class or whatever, like, you know, do your thing. So I'm, I'm not with that, but I get it. Okay, uh, Stephen A. Smith was on Joe Budden show. He talked about his relationship with Max Kellerman. Stephen A. is fucking torturing Max. I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Stephen A. is kicking Max's fucking ass. Let's just be honest. Uh, Donnie, roll, roll the video. I didn't like working with him, man. It's just that damn simple. I didn't like it. 
I thought the show was stale. Um, I thought that we had flatlined when it came to the public at large. And I'm trying to win. You weren't an athlete. And you weren't a journalist. And the, the absence of the two components left people wondering, why should we listen to you? Okay, well, you might have had that figured out on Sports Nation or you might have had that figured out on another show. But on this show, if you looked at the content emanating in the social stratosphere, meaning YouTube and other components that you use to measure one's cachet, uh, uh, Q ratings, focus groups, all of these different things, it was like I was damn near doing the show by myself because we were oceans apart in terms of cachet. Well, how are you oceans apart from me if you sit right across from I've me? Been very honest and very consistent about it. There's nothing personal. We didn't have, we weren't enemies or anything. And to be real, we ain't spoke since other than high and by, you know, or if I had to go on the show when they were doing the morning show, I would get interviewed. But there's been no conversations since, and that's fine with me. That's no, that's no problem, because it wasn't like we were boys or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it was all business to me, and it was about, look, man, I'm trying to win, and I don't believe I can win with you. Okay. It's not the first time that Stephen A. has talked about his departure on the first day. Uh, a lot of people were pissed off and bringing up a lot of stuff on the Internet I gotta be honest with you. Go ahead. I don't see why he's kicking his ass like this. There's got to be more to this story. I don't think that there's more to the story. I just think that Stephen A. Smith is a person who never shies away from any question. Because what he should say is, because he says it, I've, I haven't changed my answer on this. I've said this. I've been saying the same thing. You've said it already. You've been asked this question multiple times. You haven't changed your answer. If anything, you just keep reiterating your dislike and what sounds like disgust for Max. And it just gets worse the more he talks about it. So I, I just wish he would say, I've spoken on this before. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm just going to move on. Ask me the next question. But he's like, he has to answer it every single time. And what makes it worse is that Max has said nothing. Yeah. And we don't know, like his, somebody told me this once, right? And it was, it was around the Chris Harrison thing. They were like, don't talk about it anymore. And they said, you've won the the audience you've the the public is on your side if you keep talking about it people will turn on you and I thought that's actually really good advice because the other side wasn't talking and I was saying my opinion and so it was like once okay twice okay stop talking about it that's how I feel what's happening with Stephen A. Smith and what did happen to him. We've heard you talk about this before. Max has said nothing. And now people are really starting to have a strong opinion on why you need to stop talking about it. Is there something Is there something more to this, though? I do not believe so. You don't think, okay, so this is what a lot of people he are speculating. He said it. This is what a lot of people are speculating. So Stephen A. sometimes has conservative views on things mm-hmm. we've talked about it before mm-hmm. max is an intellectual max can sometimes be arrogant max kellerman knows how smart he is right he knows how smart he is so sometimes when you're watching max kellerman and he is doing his thing and he's talking 
there are people who are turned off by Max's intellect can sometimes be abrasive. If you don't make it relatable, if you come across like you're the smartest guy in the room, it goes over their heads. Well, sometimes it goes over their heads and sometimes it goes in their head and they don't like it. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, particularly though, there was an era on first take when a lot of social issues mm-hmm. that were in the orbit of sports were being debated on the show, be it Colin Kaepernick, be it BLM, be it whatever it is. These things were being talked about. Sometimes Stephen A would have more conservative takes on those issues. Yes. And Max, who is to the left of Stephen A, would be to the left of him. He would be pro-Kaepernick. He would be pro-BLM. He would be anti-Confederate flag, which Stephen A was as well. It's not like Stephen A was was is a no. He seems more conservative now than we, than when he was on the show during the Max right. era. It's not it's not like Stephen A was on the fucking Candace Owens on the show. Right. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is sometimes people would watch the show, and this is at the the heart of the disagreement between him and Terrell Owens. People would watch the show and they would be like, God damn, Max showing up. And it seemed like over and over and over again, over and over and over again, that Stephen A was being cast in a certain role by being opposite Max on some of these issues. And a lot of people think, a lot of people are conjecturing that Stephen A didn't fucking like that shit. (laughs) He didn't appreciate being made to look like that. And that that is at the heart of some of the animus that he has for Max Kellerman. Because this, this... Because even if you answer that question, think about the way that question was answered. Even if you answer that question, even if you say, hey, it didn't work out. I wanted to be number one. We weren't number one anymore. I heard Skip coming. Like, he went out of his way to be like, yo, this nigga is not on my level in any form or fashion. And the only way he... he Are you fucking kidding me? That's exactly what he said. Donnie? Like, he... (laughs) Well, that's that's exactly what he... What... All of what he said Translated, this guy is not on my level in any form or fashion. And the only way that he's actually on my level is because he's sitting across from me. That's exactly, that's the takeaway from that. I I did not, I wouldn't say it that way. I would say that he didn't say he wasn't on his level because he talked about his his intellect, his education, the he did. <laughs> Hold on. He did. Hey, just, just real quick. Just so so so. I just want while, while we're fresh in the middle of this discourse, run the run the clip back real quick. And I just just run the clip. I didn't back. like working with him, man. Okay. It's just that damn simple. Okay. I didn't like it. I thought the show was stale. The show was um, stale. I thought that we had flatlined when it came flatlined. to the public at large. Public at large. And I'm trying to win. You weren't an athlete. Not an athlete. And you weren't a journalist. Not a journalist, which I am. And the the absence of the two components right. left people wondering, why should we listen to you? Why should we listen to you? Okay, well, you might have had that figured out on Sports Nation, or you yeah, might have had that figured out on another show. <laughs> but on this show... <laughs> on this show with me... If you looked at the content emanating okay. in the social stratosphere, meaning YouTube and other components that other you components. use to measure one's cachet, measure uh, one's cachet. Uh, Q ratings, Q focus ratings. groups, all of these different things. All of these things. It was like 
I was damn near doing the show by myself because we were oceans apart oceans in terms apart. of cachet. So by well, how are you oceans apart from me if you sit right across from I've me? Been very years. honest and very consistent about it. There's nothing personal. Nothing personal. You just not you the same nigga as me. I, to be real, we ain't spoke since. Right. Don't even stop. By. I am conflating what the other things that I've seen him say, not just that clip where he's talked about when he has answered this question previously, whether it's on Twitter or whether it was in another conversation where he talks about how smart he is that in ref in reference to Max, that Max is very talented. And he talked about him being a good guy. That that's that right. There's the worst. I'm I'm putting it all together. Right. But I've said I don't understand why he keeps talking about it in this way. I'm putting my response is putting everything together and not just that. Yes, to your point, just that clip. Sure, that is exactly what he's saying. Now, we'll never know particularly why Stephen A. Smith, like everyone can speculate. It can be the Terrell from the moment Terrell Owens said that, right? Max came on in 2016. Terrell Owens came on in 2019. It could have been that moment. And, and maybe it was. I don't think he's ever going to specifically say it was this moment. I think he's just going to say over time it did get stale. I personally preferred the show when I knew exactly who I was going to get on every single day. And it wasn't just going to be this round table of people that were stopping by or, you know, Stephen A. Smith's not in studio. He's he's, you know, coming in through Zoom. I like the old format, but I do think that it was getting a little bit stale and I can say this as somebody who was sitting in the room as they were coming up with topics. Like, I I was there with them. But I think that I'm not going to, and I know everybody knows that I'm a, a, I'm a Stephen A. Smith fan. I think that it's hard to say that it's because he was so liberal or because Stephen A. Smith was conservative or maybe he felt this way and Stephen A. Smith felt a different way because the Ka Kaepernick situation happened in 2016. That's when, right? It was 2016, right? It, the, 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 the argument about Kaepernick uh, was like a sore thumb for Stephen A. Smith. It would come back up whenever Colin would, would pop back But up it was at the beginning when Max started. Right, it's but at the same point. time, though, remember Cap had his tryout, and when Cap had his tryout in 2019, then the Jay Z, it, it, the, yes. it, it kept coming up on. First yes, day. but my point is, is that Max had those strong opinions, and they had differing opinions from the start. Right, and he and he stayed for five years, so I can't point to specifically. Oh say, yeah, I'm not saying that that's necessarily true. I'm saying that people say that. Yeah, I, I can't it. be saying it's because no, not to you, that you're saying that yeah. to the people on social media. I can't say a specific. Lee, because of this situation, I do think over time that he wanted to change up. I do think, and he said this, if not in that interview, he said it on Twitter or another interview that he wanted it to be kind of Stephen A versus the world, which is the right. show that he's created now. So Max wow. got caught. Wow. That's crazy. Do you know what the name of Max's first show on ESPN was? No, I don't. Was it, it Max was, versus the world? It was IMAX. <laughs> It was, no, I think it was Max versus the world. It was Max Kellerman. And he was like, it was the first like around the horn or something like that. It was like <laughs> I Max or Max. It was the same shit. Go ahead. Well, that's, I mean, listen, I think that's ultimately what he wanted. You know, the ratings are going in his fav favor. I just, it, Max got caught in the crossfires of that. It was always Stephen A. Smith's show. It is Stephen A. Smith's show. The reality is this Stephen A. Smith is a once in a generational uh, media figure. 
that's just kind of the deal. And so you're not really going to be able to put anybody on his level at ESPN. So nobody at ESPN is probably on the level of Stephen A. Smith. Uh, no. So it doesn't matter who is sitting across from him. It's not going to be on this level. It's but like, I do miss level. the old format. With him and Skip? Or just him just, and Max? Just, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I watched it both when it was Skip and then when it was Max. But I like knowing what I'm going to see. Turning on the TV and being like, I'm going to get Stephen A. Smith and Max. Mm. Not, I don't know who's popping up on the show. Lauren Bulbert, did you see this? She's in Colorado. How could I miss it? She's jerking off somebody in the theater. Uh, she went to the Buell Theater Sunday. And she was reaching down her date's crotch after blowing a plume of vaporized smoke into the air. Uh, her date is Democratic Aspen bar owner Quinn Gallagher. Interesting. He's a Democrat? Democrat, yep. Okay. Owns bars. Owns bars. That have? Drag shows. Drag shows. Ooh, daddy. Ooh. That's what she was probably saying. <laughs> Father. Um, multiple audience members, including a pregnant woman. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, because of the vape. Because of the vaping, yeah. yes. Obstructing their view by raising her hands, taking pictures with the flash on, and loudly sling- singing. The lawmaker flipped the ushers off before finally leaving the venue and saying, do you know who I am? Um, she apologized for her uncouth behavior. Chalking it up to her recent split from Jason, <laughs> her husband of 18 years. His fault. It's his fault. Whether it was the excitement of seeing a much-anticipated production or the natural anxiety of being in a new environment, I genuinely did not recall vaping that evening when I discussed the night's event with my campaign team while confirming my enthusiasm for the musical. Bobert says, here's my question for you. What is the worst crime? Lorne Bobert. Jerking off a liberal ask you this. or a liberal receiving a hand job from Lauren Bobert. Oh, this is not my question for you. But Which is no. the worst one? Because here's the deal. You have her who says that she doesn't even want to talk to the liberals. The radical left agenda. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. However, she was looking for a little man milk. From one of the radical left. The question is, should he have been willing to accept a handy J from her because of how vile she is if he's a true Democrat? Who's who's worse here? It's obviously her. It's her worse? Yes. It goes against everything she allegedly stands for. I wouldn't accept a hand job from a Republican. Okay, well. No. You think he's worse? She's obviously worse. I think he's worse. Everything. I mean, she's with a guy who, heaven forbid, has drag shows. She spoke, stood up in front of Congress multiple times and talked about that. She's doing this in front of children. She's a platform, protect the children. She's smoking in front of a pregnant woman. I mean, this goes against everything that she's doing. She's the worst one because it shows her hypocrisy. It's really not that big of a deal. He was just trying to have a good... Lauren sounds like a fun time. You like Lauren. (laughs) He's a... he owns the Shooter's Grill. Oh, she owns the Shooter's Grill, where she serves she, customers you. with a 9 millimeter holster on the belt. We're so fucked, man. <laughs> We're so fucked. Listen, this woman barely won this time. 36-year-old grandmother. Who? Lauren Bulbert. She's a grandmother? 36-year-old grandmother. Mm. Let me tell you something right now. 36? Uh, 36-year-old grandmother, nothing wrong with it. Hey, that means she gets no, a lot I of time with her grandchildren. No, I didn't know she was that young. No, I didn't this know she was that young. This is my thing. 
this is another reason why you take politics as serious as the policy. Take the policy serious. Don't take these people serious. These people are an abomination before God. Okay? They are. Everybody, all of them, they're an abomination before God. Take the policy serious. Take uh, the child tax credit serious. Take police reform serious. Take campaign finance reform serious. Take those things serious, right? Take mass incarceration serious. Take environmental cleanup serious. Take it serious how much lead is in your pipes, how much pollution is in your air and water. Take those things serious. You need to be telling this to Congress. Don't take these people serious. I don't care who they are. Because then when you find out that they were on Epstein Island or when you find out that they're giving a hand job to somebody in a Beal Juice show that's a Democrat that has drag shows, then you go, oh, my God, don't take these. The whole thing is a farce. It's None of it's serious. The issues and the problems are serious. These people aren't. They're not. No, None of them are serious. They're, they're on an ego trip, right? Like this boosts their ego to have this powerful position. And that's clearly Lauren. What, vote what's, vote what's the, for whoever's running against her. I don't know who. What's the best musical <laughs> to have sex in? Would you say? I, I'm sorry, Van. I, I can't think of one. You can't think of one. No, to have sex in to get like a to to, no, to get a little hanky panky. What's that the, is never. I did not think musical? of that when I read this story. Are you against like a little hanky panky in the theater? It's not a thing. That you didn't say hanky panky. You said hanky, sex. Hanky hanky panky. A little panky. Why is it hanky panky? I don't know. Man. Hold on. Let's look at the etymology <laughs> of hanky panky. I don't know. Why did it come that hanky panky? Let's see. I don't even use that phrase. Let's see. Hanky panky is sexual activity, especially especially uh, when regarded as somewhat improper. Hanky panky. Is hmm. that Urban Dictionary? No, no, no. That's the real dictionary. They were hanky hanky panky. Where did where did it come from? Uh, I don't know. I think it would probably be like the color purple and Lion King. Maybe Wicked. Maybe wicked. You just name a musical. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> because I think about musicals where everyone is going to be like enthralled. You wouldn't want to do it in Hamilton. Why people are enthralled with Hamilton? Nah, not like that. Have man. you seen Hamilton? I have. Not my type of thing. Really? Nah. Why? Why are you a hater on Hamilton? Well, see what I'm saying? What kind of world do we live in? Who said I was a hater? Why? Okay, excuse me. Why don't you like Hamilton? I'm not into that. Into what? Funny rap shit. Oh, so you don't like the way they rap? It's no, not up they, to your they're, standards? They're very good rappers. I so mean, why is it funny uh, rap? Very good rappers. I don't like... like. You don't think Daveed Diggs can rap? Daveed Diggs is fucking insanely talented. I'm you not don't, oh, so you don't like Lin-Manuel. Whoever. whoever. What, you I'm don't, saying, what I'm saying is I'm not into... I'm not into... Yo, it's the Constitution. Gotta get in and do it. Gotta come through the thing. That's the subject matter. But I've never been... But I, I never like stuff like that, right? I don't like raps about like regular History? shit. Nah, I don't like that type of shit, bro. I don't like. I don't like. So what would you I'm prefer like, them to rap about? Yo, we gotta have clean water. Get it out the well. Come through the third. You gonna live it in hell? Like whenever they do a rap about okay. anything like that, I don't so like that type of like shit. So you want like bitches and hoes? I mean, that's better. <laughs> I mean, we can we can talk about that in a second. But I don't like rap. And by the way, this is not. People love Hamilton. Hamilton is fantastic. Nah, that's not my type of shit. That's not my type of shit, man. I don't like when that type of shit. When did you see it? I seen it like well, I never went to actually see it. I watched it on the thing. That's the problem. I watched it on TV. And that's the problem. 
problem. Nah, you did it. I, I like saw shit, it nah. in New York. And you like that shit. I it seeing it. You watched it on TV. You watched it on Disney Plus. Hold on for a second. Stop. His plan would have to, Hamilton, forget. His plan would have the government assume state debts. By the way, the V-Dick's great. I'm just like, all of these people, all these people are so fucking talented. See, that's the problem. See what you're trying to do? You want me to be against the creators. I'm just not a nigga that's into Hamilton like that. You're against Lin-Manuel Miranda? Nah, man. Vee Diggs? Leslie Odom? Leslie Odom is fucking They all are. They all are. So amazing. Renee? Well, Leslie Odom is amazing. Leslie Odom in particular is fucking one of the great actors of our time right now. He's a fucking great performer. Well, you'll, I can't wait till you tell him how much you dislike him, liked him in Hamilton. I didn't say that. I said I don't like that type of rapping and shit. You saw it in person, it would be different. You think it would? If I saw but it again, a black person told, I didn't, I didn't experience that. Who told you to go see? I told see you, it? Oh, he, Okay. <laughs> That, that's an artsy ass nigga. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Trump is old. No, no, no. You don't get to say this. Why? Go ahead. Introduce the p- topic because I thought about you when I saw when I saw that. I thought about you. Interesting. Okay. Uh, he was speaking at the DC Pray Vote Stand Summit. <laughs> 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 <The fuck? laughs> <laughs> the DC Pray Vote Stand Summit in Washington. <laughs> and he uh he just tore in <laughs> to Biden and everyone and he was talking about some of the shit that's going on in his life including how he beat Barack Obama and how we're careening into World War II. Play the video. We have a man who is totally corrupt and the worst president in the history of our country who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to leave, and is now in charge of dealing with Russia and possible nuclear war. Just think of it. We would be in World War II. We're going to be relying on this man and far more devastating than any war. There will never be a war. If that happens, there will never be a war like this. It will obliterate everything there is, everybody. It will obliterate every country. (laughs) (laughs) Who did that? Um, How bad a shape are we in? It's bad. You always talk about the... What do I talk about? The end of uh, an era. The end of our empire. Nothing says it more when we talk about politically what's happening mm. in this country. You, though, don't get to talk about Trump. Why? Because when you like to bring up Biden and his age. Sure. And how, you know, maybe he is too, not maybe, you think he's too old to be, to be running. Mm. And I said to you one time on this podcast, well, Trump's right behind him. And you were like, yeah, but he doesn't present that way. You said he doesn't present like Biden, you f- he looks 80, he feels 80, he acts it the way he moves. And you were like, Trump, not so much. When I saw this video, I thought, yeah, maybe he does. Maybe he is showing his age. And I agreed with you, right? We hadn't really seen as many, we haven't seen as many gaffes. And Trump seems to be a little bit more agile than, than Biden. But this video 
says otherwise. Okay, let's let's clear up a couple of things. Number you one, you said it, Donnie. Number one, find the text. Trump is a gaffe machine. He's always been a gaffe machine. Okay. Okay. But I will say this about Joe Biden. Um, I will say this about Joe Biden. Do I wish that there was a more inspiring, younger, more politically progressive uh, candidate to vote for? Sure. We'll say this about Joe Biden. There are a lot of amazing people working in and around Joe Biden's scope. And that can't be summarily dismissed. That Joe Biden, his administration, people that are close to him, people that have make, do a lot of decision making, that he really does have a fantastic group there. Now, look, here's the deal. Am I in love with corporate Democrats? Am I in love with the moderate wing of the Democratic Party or the corporatization of politics, period? No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a ways to go in America before we start really instituting reforms or revolution that will change people's lives. I think sometimes we're trading water. I think sometimes we're slowly drowning. And those are two different things. Okay. However, I will say this. There is a huge difference in the quality of the people in these two respective uh, corners. Mm. Not just the quality of the people in front, but mm -hmm. the quality of the people and who they are and what they care about. I believe that there's a, 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 a ocean of difference between them. Okay. All right. So your little ruse there to paint me as a Trump supporter failed. <laughs> If that's what you felt. Okay, play the vagina clip so she can laugh. Vagina. You like Trump. You actually like him. <laughs> like you, you, like you, you like Trump. That's your problem. You're a Trump DeSantis <laughs> girl. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, look, Trump is a gaffe machine, but I, I do think, I will say this though. I think the Donald is running out of gas. Like, <laughs> How could he not? He's got four huge cases. I do. I, I think the Donald, I've, I've seen the Donald a couple of places and- I saw the Donald in a um in an interview with Megan Kelly and she beat this nigga up. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Megan Kelly is grotesque for a lot of her views as well, but uh, she's a good journalist. Well, she hates Trump. So like she's always going to bring it with Trump because he came at her. Yeah, like, she's she going to bring it with him. I mean, they had enough to agree on, don't get me wrong, but she in that interview, she was able to hold him to the fire on a couple of things, mainly issues that Republicans would have take issue with him about. I mean, she let him get his agenda off and all of that stuff, but it was a tough interview for Donald Trump, and he didn't seem up to the task. Is it hard to hold? But, like, I'm I'm not taking away from Megyn Kelly. I'm just saying, is it hard to hold feet? Okay, can I talk? We're talking about all these gaps. I can't get mine out. You're one of them. Is it hard to hold Trump's feet to the fire at this point? Well, he's such a liar. And, and so, it, but here's the problem with all of these people. And I've been just indulging, maybe overindulging into all of these people whenever there's a microphone in front of their face. It's that they are taught so many different tactics to be dishonest and to obfuscate. They're almost like mentalists in a way, in the way in which they read the body language of the interviewer or the debate opponent and then turn the question to something completely different. And it's just very difficult to get anything done with someone who <clears throat> won't answer a question straight. I want you guys to think about this. Think about 
any issue or any problem that you've ever had that you needed somebody else to help figure it out. And think about what happens if they don't just give you a straight answer. So if it's you and Brian in the house and you're talking to Brian and you're like, hey, Brian, you know what I mean? We need to go to Palm Springs this weekend for a nice retreat. Okay, we need to go to a, a nice retreat. You know, let me know when we're going to leave on Friday because I need to know what it is that I'm going to do to plan my day. And then Brian goes, well, I mean, the situation is really about the oil that it's going to take to refine the gas that we're going to use to get to Palm Springs. And what I think the actual issue is not, you know, us getting there, but whose responsibility into is it to make sure that that gas and oil is gotten by America at a great price. And that's why me, uh, Brian, if I'm allowed to plan trips in the future, I'll make sure that we leave at a specific time that's beneficial to us, our household first, to copper, to brownie, and to everything. You think, that didn't answer the question that I asked you, <laughs> which is when are we going to leave on Friday? And he goes, once again, a lot of other people would tell you that my stance on this is not about being pro or anti-trip to Palm Springs. My stance on this has to do with how we're going to feel as a household and who's going to put us first and our vacations first. And you're thinking to yourself, is this nigga just going to answer the question? That's essentially how we live with politicians. We ask them straight up, are you going to vote for it? And then they'll tell you who didn't or they'll tell you why, whatever. They, like you don't get anything from them. That's the point. And that's never going to change. Maybe. Oh, come on, optimist. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll run. Ask me, a, ask me a question. Like Van is the politician now. You're Megan Kelly. Ask me the question. Uh, if you were the president, okay, of the United States. Sure. How are you? Did you ask me how am I? Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, you're well. Um, but this is about you. Things are going well. If if you were the president sure. of the United States, okay, how would you make America better? Okay, easy question. Uh, if I was the president of the United States, I'm gonna get them hell, baby. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell you right, we gonna go, we can go from ass. we can go from California and New York and if stay in between, we're gonna do we're gonna stop Why on a caravan with our bus and we're gonna go ahead and pick the hole up, man. Cause what I tell you about when I'm the president, oh I'm gonna do it. Fuck hole, fuck hole, fuck hole, fuck hole, fuck hole. All the way to the White House, man. Can't nobody stop it. Can't nobody do nothing to stop me. Can't nobody do stop my crew. Straight up to all my niggas back, Gerald Jackson, Herman this Baton Rouge Gardea, my nigga, from motherfucking uh, uh, McKinley High all the way to Glen Oaks. Well, we've been, we been bit this. I don't know what you talking about. I don't know what y'all be doing where you from, but where I'm from, we get okay, bitted, we get right, money, okay, okay, we, we, we okay, crease our pants, okay. we wear dicky, dicky okay. shoes, we, we do our whole motherfucking thing. That's what we do. That's what we do. I don't know what you talking about talking about being president. I don't know nothing about that. Well, I do know about I'm shy, though. I'm shy, though. Boom, boom, boom on these bitches. Come back. Okay. Come back. I'm going to need you to go back to getting no sleep. <laughs> I'm the king of sleep. I'm going to need you to go back. I'm the king of sleep. Don't have me ask you a question and you go off like that. You scared the viewers. They probably were scared. <laughs> they probably were scared. Is Van okay? Is Van okay? Man, I got a lot of podcasting. Man. You've been gone, nigga. 
Oh, you had the Midnight Boys. Yeah, but we don't. You're on like, like 15 that. different podcasts. You were fine. Drew Barrymore. Poor Drew. Poor Drew. <laughs> what the fuck you on? You trying to get us fucked up too? You better bring the horns out. Like like they like they fucking kicked up motherfucking ass. What you trying to you trying to put us Okay. Like, like, let me like say poor this. Drew. Let me say this. No, no, no. <laughs> Drew was wrong. I don't even know how Drew ended up in this situation. To Hold be on, very honest. We tell people what happened. Oh yeah, let's uh, tell Drew Barrymore got her ass kicked back into the strike. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so Drew Barrymore, uh, she had come out and she had said that she was restarting her show, um, even though there has not been a deal in either the Writers Guild strikes or the, the Screen Actors Guild strikes. Um, there hasn't been a deal and it is just getting more contentious by the day. And the human toll that it's taking on the entire town, but particularly the working writers and actors of this oh, town, man. just cannot be overstated. Uh, she had talked about the fact that when she was coming back, she said she owned the decision. Uh, and then this was met with a lot, a lot of vitriol um, from people online. The, the writers, actors, all kinds of people that stand in solidarity with workers were like, how could you bear more do this? But this is what I find very interesting. Okay, and this is why I say poor Drew. I'm not really saying poor Drew, right? Drew's going to be fine. Drew Barrymore's show is not the only show that was coming back. Jennifer okay. Hudson's show was coming back. The Talk was coming back. Um, uh, the View is back. The Bill, View never left. The Well, it took a break, but yes. Right. Um, but like coming back, I mean, after their hiatus. The View never stopped. Bill Maher was coming back. and But for some reason, the talk was only about Drew Barrymore, which is what I found really interesting. Drew Barrymore is, is has writers on her show. So do all the other people. Um, they're WGA shows. Like, they have a couple of writers. But only Drew got the criticism, which is what I find interesting. Jennifer Hudson's an actress as well. People weren't coming after her the way that they were coming after Drew. On the talk, you have people. Hmm? You snitching right now? No, I'm just, just pointing quick, it out. Just real, just I just I just wanna. No, just real I'm quick, not snitching. As far as it goes with Jay Hood, I just wanna let you know right now. It's, uh, you know, you snitching right now. No, so I'm just, not snitching. I'm just pointing out the fact you, that it's very interesting that it makes it seem like for people stop. For trying people to get Jay who, Hood uh, hold on, no, because she paused her show. That's Chicago, man. Somebody in her she family her probably show. BD or GD or some shit like that. Like, you gonna get us fully? To... Stop, 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 All right. <laughs> stop. You stop. Go, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably coming up on your bedtime anyway. Um, no, I just find it interesting that she got so much backlash when her show wasn't the only one that had WGA writers and that was coming back. Mm. I, do you know why that that, that was the case? Because it's interesting because too. So then she, of course, she's gone back and forth, right? Back and forth. I have a couple of suspicions as to why I think that's the case. Because because she, um, in May, was supposed to do the MTV movie, movie awards. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. I stand with you guys. But then her show went on hiatus like all these talk shows do during the summer. Um, then she decided to come back. I think she gets, I don't think it's just that. I think also she has this show where it's all about empathizing with people and being That's one the with thing. the people. But 
That's the thing. That's also the talk shows too. Like I mean, maybe. Gen- like that's they're they're sit down talk shows. I could make an argument that the talk and Jennifer Hudson show, Bill Maher, no, are the are the same. Yet Drew got all the criticism, and they were they were going back to their regularly scheduled program. Once Drew said, "Okay, I've heard you. I'm putting my show on pause." Then they said, "Oh yeah, we are too." Yeah. <clears throat> so. Drew got her ass kicked. She came back. She said she's now putting her show on pause. She's listening to everyone, and I'm making a decision to pause the show's premiere until the strike is over. There you go. Okay. Uh, it's interesting. I don't have an intellectual reason as to why some of the others weren't um, as scrutinized as what she is. I think that it's probably the way she's positioned her show in people's consciousness, which has to do with sort of a successor to Ellen with the – we're so nice and we're nice people. She is a considerably bigger star than some of these other people. I wouldn't say that she's more accomplished than Jennifer Whoopi. Hudson. Uh, no, I wouldn't say she's a bigger star than Whoopi, but I would say that she's probably received in a different way than what Whoopi is. So when Drew Barrymore was doing it, that's probably the last person that people expected to do it. And I think that they were probably taken aback a little bit by her decision to restart her show. She could have done this so much better, right? She only has a few writers. She could have said, we're coming back and I'm donating my salary to those writers or I'm giving a portion of my salary what they would have made because she's comfortable. She could have done that. And I think people would have looked at it, looked at it in a different way. I don't want to stop other people from getting paid. We have these couple of these writers. I'm going to donate my salary in the time being to them. It would have been a totally different situation. Don't you think? No. Well, because she's her show can go on amid the strikes because the other people working aren't under that same type of... I personally think right now it's past the point of people trying to have understanding about who's going to be working and who's not. I think early on you could have made the decision, you know what, we're going to uh, suspend any use of writers on our show and we're going to do a pared-down show to still give you guys um, some entertainment and to put the crew to work, right? That is what she would have been doing. Right. She, she could have done that earlier. They went on hiatus. But, what, but, but listen to what I'm saying now. My point is, I understand why she might have, could, maybe she didn't do it. Now, everybody's too dug in. Now, what you're having are people making real life decisions because of the strike. Can I stay in Los Angeles? Do I have to sell my house? Like what's going to happen to me next year? Because we're expecting that the strike is going to be over and then everybody's going to be automatically solvent again. It's just going to be the restarting of people. Still, people are still going to have to go out. Who knows how, how long the animosity lasts, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So at this point where people are really hurting from this, where this has gone on for so long and people have really been affected, right? I just think that they need 100% solidarity because now you have people looking at their lives in a position to where uh, they're really on the back nine. They're really like okay, asking themselves a lot of hard questions. I I agree. And it it, it trickles down even to it for, for both of us. The work that we do is is impacted by the it impacts people in in various ways some in harder than harder ways than other but others but do you think it's fair for a show that isn't might employ two writers right but the other 150 people that work there aren't 
under the same type of union as those two writers? Do you think it's fair that they also aren't allowed to work? None of this is fair. No, I know none of it's fair, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like Sherry Shepard's show is going back, right? Okay. It's because it's not a WGA show. It has no writers. Right. Yet it's going to do be a show. She's uh-huh. going to still be doing interviews and she's going to be interviewing people. I'm not sure if she's going to cover people, if they're going to talk about TV shows or, or movies that they've done or they're doing. I know under SAG, you're not supposed to talk about it if you're being interviewed. So probably not. But she's still doing her show. Is she... A problem too? Should she no, this shut, is what, it, shut it down? Is that what you're saying? Like I, I'm, and, and my point is, in saying that is, they're not under the same union. So, like for Drew Barrymore's show, it's like well, she two, was. Two people are. If she had said, "I'm going to give pay them in, in solidarity, but I want these other people to be able to work," would she be wrong? I don't think so. It's not a, to me. It's not about wrong or right. And let me tell you, and this is the hardcore truth of all it is. Um, And it's unfair. That is the way that it is. The only way to affect power is pain. That's the only way. The only way to affect power is pain. You have to injure them. And... Sometimes when you do that, like other people that you didn't intend to get injured, get injured as well. And this is just a shitty part of it. So what about directors that have been doing interviews to promote their movies for the studios? I think that, all, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not what about in this whole thing. I'm just saying. I, I mean, I, mean, like, to, to, I, like, I know a bunch of people who have fantastic situations going. I mean, some of these people have waivers, whatever, and they can't promote their movies. Brilliant, amazing movies because of what's going on. What I'm saying is this. Doesn't matter what it is that you're doing, right? What it is that you're doing. I was like passing by the SLS like a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, and there was a hotel worker strike that was going on. Mm -hmm. And when you pass by the SLS, and I was wondering how the people could even do this, there was a fucking big inflatable rat. There was like a all of these people outside, and I was thinking, you know, if I was staying at the SLS, not as a, um, not as a, an employee or the people that own the hotels, but if I was just staying at the SLS, if I had planned an, a trip with my family, that would be really jarring to have them out there. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But the reality is that pain that you're feeling, that pain that you're feeling is a necessary pain for somebody in the working class to get what they want. And if there was another way for them to get it, they do that. So unfortunately, the pain that so many people are feeling in the town right now, and it goes past even crew, less disposable income in Los Angeles means less things, period. I know personal trainers that are getting less clients. Oh my We've gosh, about makeup, that. hair. All of that stuff. Everything. That pain is the only bargaining chip that these unions have. But I'm just saying either all for if if that's the case and I'm not and I'm not disagreeing with you then and I know DGA has a separate agreement they but do. nobody got on a Greta Gerwig when she was going around promoting promoting Barbie yeah. in the middle of it nobody said anything so if you're going to be Barbenheimer was different too come on man If you're going to be outraged at Drew then be outraged You snitching again I don't 
don't care. You snitch I'm it again. fine. If that yeah. makes me, if Rachel if, six nine. No, what I'm saying is, is what does it look like to be promoted? Man, as what a what that got to do with Drew's decision? Drew is her own I'm person. I'm be outraged like, at everybody. What that got to do with Drew's decision? Be out. Every everybody needs to be unified. You're right. You're not wrong in what you said. Then everybody needs to be unified. All right, we got one more. To- we got one more topic. I feel what you say. We got one more topic. You want to do Rolling Stone co-founder Jan Winter, or you want to do? This male female rapper conversation. I thought you just online. said you weren't going to do gender stuff. Doesn't that fall in the gender wars? This is this is different though, because this is not gender wars. I'm about to give everybody right here an example. Go for it. Of why the gender wars are useless, and why arguing online is useless. We talked about the gender wars, and you're right. This is really not about the gender wars, though. This is about dissonance. And why arguing online about this stuff is really useless. Are you ready for a quick Twitter story? So, Sexy Red. Are you familiar with the Sexy Red discourse? Yes. Everyone hates Sexy Red. I don't hate her. We don't hate her. I don't hate her. I like her a lot. We don't hate her here. But she gets so much fucking hate. I get it. Everyone's made Sexy Red. Everything that's wrong with society. Everything that's wrong with women, everything that's wrong with rap, right? Everyone, it's the whole thing. All right, so this is the conversation that was happening. I'm not going to mention these people's uh, Twitter handles, but this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Someone tweets, Sexy Red was really put out to misguide our black women, and it's working. Yes, I see a lot of that rhetoric. A lot of people say that. Okay. Now, so I'll say. I don't know if there's people sitting behind desks that are making people do stuff like that, but I do think though that there sometimes is a portion of rap or a portion of black culture that is promoted in order to represent black people. I do think that. And I think Maybe so. Okay. I'm going to say this. I don't think she's talented, but I find her very entertaining. You like her. her. I find her, and I think that there's a difference. Nothing wrong with sexy red. And I think there's there's a difference there. Nothing wrong with sexy red. Okay. So, a lot of people came to her defense uh, with one person saying, all she she do is talk about fucking while your little male rappers be talking about killing folks and raping. So, who's more of an issue for black women? Now, boom. That comes in there. You think that's a good point. We're going to have a discussion about it, right? All right. Somebody else jumps into it and says, find me 10 songs where a black man talks about raping someone. Right away, when I read this tweet, I'm like, this is a fucking problem. Like, right away, when I read this tweet, I'm like, probably hasn't listened to a ton of hip-hop. Somebody else jumps into the tweet. (laughs) Put Molly in her champagne. Boom. I don't want your hoe. Just want that cookie from her. She tried to resist, so I took it from her. How are you going to tell me? You must not know who I am. Boom. Chances ain't shit if you don't take one mansion full of bitches about to rape one. Boom. And if your daughter, if you got a daughter older than 15, I'm a raper. I will never forget that lyric. Yeah. I'll never forget that lyric. Never. Uh, Another song has a line about making them do what they already said they don't want to do by getting them drunk. Boom. Another one says, our Navy are eight and leave and rape your lady. Who else in a hurry to murk? We duck those rape them, bury their skirts. Vandalize your crib. 
blank your wife while she's sleeping. All, so they named 10 songs. And, and you just named lyrics. I'm sorry. That's Rick Ross, Rich Homie it. Kwan, DMX, Tyga, Cameron, NWA, and Biggie Smalls. Okay, cool. So all of those people, that's an answer to the question, right? Mm-hmm. That's an answer to the question. The question is, just once again, just so everybody knows, it says, he said very clearly, find me 10 songs where a black man talks about raping somebody. Just using rape. So that means he goes, hey, what you're saying is a lie. There's not a lot of talk about sexual assault and rap. And that's something that is being made up and pushed out there. And you're full of shit. And Sexy Red is worse than these guys. These guys don't talk about that. How dare you? And there it is. Mm-hmm. In 4K, an example. An example. He said 10. There's 10. Right. There's more that I can think of right now. He said 10. There's 10. There's 10 right, right. there. Did this guy come back and go, damn. You know what? I never thought about it that way. Maybe what we should do is think about how we're talking about women in rap. And maybe we can have a conversation with our brothers about why things that you might commit to a song are not helpful or destructive to women and they live forever. Maybe we should have a conversation about understanding that the lyrics that you put in something are there for a long time and they're going in people's brains. And if we want our women to be treated a certain way, not our women, if we want women to be treated in a certain way, maybe we shouldn't say those things. Damn, I wasn't aware of that. You just asked for something with a premise and you were proved wrong. The response was, lady, if you genuinely, if you genuinely feel like rap and hip hop is about the rape of women, just stop listening to it. It's Lady, if you it's genuinely funny. feel like rap and hip hop <laughs> is about the rape of women, just stop listening listening to it. She never said that. No, she, she said didn't. all she do is talk about fucking while your little male rapers be talking about killing folks and ra- raping. Y'all, I'm sorry. Not all rap talks about that. Sure. But it's definitely in there. So the premise of that for everyone, for everyone listening, is if you are so upset about what Sexy Red is doing. If you are so upset about her image, if you are so upset about who she is, because you think it's detrimental, but you do not have any criticism or any outward vitriol for the tons of people advocating killing, abusing women, criminality, and all of that other stuff, you're a fucking clown. And... A lot of this has to do with the fact that Sexy Red is an easy target because a lot of people that criticize rap would rather criticize a woman Mm -hmm. and not criticize a man that they that that they would then didn't have to deal with. Right. And also, we're so used to hearing this these type of lyrics, this type of rap where that person who's like, well, find me 10 songs because it's like you're just so used to hearing it. You don't even hear it anymore. Right. Saying. Letting you guys know, it like that to me. It's 
It's a great point. That to me is the reason is none of it serious. Like right there, right there. I'm not using anybody's names. I don't want to blow up anybody's spot here. Don't want to blow up anybody's spot here. These are regular people using Twitter. But that's a great point. That when I saw that, I'm like, wow, look at that. Interesting. All right. Uh it's good to be back, Rachel. It's great to be back. You like it. No, I missed you. Mm-hmm. I missed the podcast. It's just it's such a normal part of what we do. It felt weird to not be doing this twice a week. So I'm happy to be back. I feel good. I feel refreshed, renewed. Do you have a aura ring? A what? You no, have I don't. Aura ring. No, I don't. I know I haven't been sleeping right. I'm still I'm still adjusting to the nine hour time difference. Nine hour. Oh, because yeah, because you got jet lag. What do you yeah, do for jet lag? You need to go sleep we- when you go home. It's weird. No, I, I think I'm over it at this point. I but stayed up just, the whole I just, time. Just read what that says to the people right there. What's my sleep score? Okay, your sleep score is a 93 with a crown. 93. With Optimal. a crown, which Optimal. is why he's made himself. Optimal. I'm the king Optimal. of sleep. Optimus sleep. Nine hours, one minute, two hours in deep sleep, two hours and 33 minutes in REM sleep, restfulness, efficiency, 94%, latency. Come on, baby. Timing, optimal, 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 optimal. Oxygen saturation, motherfucking 96%. Listen. The king of sleep, nigga. Van, do you know who Xavier Worthy is? No. Jordan Whittington? No, who is that nigga? (laughs) Alfred Collins? Oh, the niggas play for Texas. Quinn Ewers? Actually, oh! actually, them niggas play for Texas. Actually, I did know who Xavier Worthy was. Like, it doesn't he's a wide matter. It play doesn't for matter. You thought I was going to get on this podcast and not talk about the fact that the Longhorns are 3-0 and and knocked off yeah. Alabama. Wyoming. Kicking. Uh-uh. Wyoming was the last. We first I, I, I'm knocked saying, off. I'm saying I, I, they, 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 beat, they struggled with Wyoming yesterday. I would, I would temper it. No, no, no. Only the, only the first half. Only the first half. I not second half. Right now. Uh-uh. I would temper it right now. Nope. It looked good against no, Alabama. No, no, no. Like, Alabama sucks. Don't say that just because Texas just because Alabama beat, beat South Florida seventeen to three yesterday. <laughs> Alabama Alabama is a bad football team right now. Okay, all of, my point is don't you're, you're doing what politicians do. I didn't, so? ask, I didn't ask all about that. We're not talking about Alabama. We're talking about okay. Longhorns. We are back. Give me Texas's. Give me y'all do this every time. Give me Texas's final record. What do you think Texas is going to be at the end? Okay, of the year? we are three and zero right now. Three and zero. Well, hold on, let me give you the schedule before. We I, go. Yeah, I got. Wait, I, I feel like. Before you go, we before play we U go, of H. Before we go, let, let me U give you the H. schedule. Let me give you the schedule. And I don't Texas know why, but that scares me a little bit. Schedule. So let, let me give you the schedule before you leave. All right. <clears throat> so Texas, Alabama. So y'all got y'all got beat Wyoming. You got Baylor. You got Kansas. Tell me who's ranked too. I mean, the only ranked teams you guys have left. Oh, you because you're in the Putrid Conference is the Sooners. It's the only ranked team you got left. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say... You gonna you think Texas is going to win out? If everybody stays healthy, Texas will win out. Okay, cool. Which I'm so excited because the national championship game is in Houston. Nice. This year. Um, and then I'm going to leave y'all out on them Cowboys. Okay. What about them? What do you mean, what about them? Stop. Well, I'm asking you. You know we tell I'm me asking, we tell I'm me we don't look you, good. I'm tell me the Cowboys about, don't look good. I'm asking you about the Cowboys. What about the Cowboys? Tell me the Cowboys don't look good right now. Uh I it, know it's only been two games. It's fuck the Cowboys, man. I don't I, know what to tell you. You cannot tell me Cowboys don't look good right now. It's fuck now. the Cowboys. It's we're two and zero. Oh, fuck them. We're racking up points. You like it? 
we're what like seventy and there it's ten. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know. Will the, the way Co- we can. So will the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl? Is the question. They will go to the NFC Championship. Okay. Will they win? Can they beat the 49ers? Well, the way it's looking right now, yeah. Okay, we'll see. There you go. So, the way so, it's looking so right now, I'm record, fully, I'm fully record, confident we could beat the 49ers. You're on the record. Texas is going undefeated. They play They play at Baylor They're on at Saturday. They're at least going undefeated in the regular season. Now, I don't okay, know so how far they'll regular, get in Texas the is going undefeated and the Cowboys, because y'all, you love to, these teams do the same thing every year. So like it, We it, haven't started off like this in a while. 3-0, and Cow- nigga. Where we beat Bama, Texas? No, Shout we out haven't. To Bama. I'm saying right now at Bama too. on just put it put it on something. Te- Texas, you've already taken my drinking away from me. I'm like, I don't want to bet anything. And else. the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. You, that's what you're saying right now. I said the Cowboys are going to the NFC Championship. NFC Championship and Texas is going undefeated. Yes. All right for the regular season. Okay for the regular season. All right. Now we're here now, so I just want us to stay here. This is what we've said. This is the benchmark that we've we've set. I'm confident in it. Be confident. All right. Be confident. All right. Take the capsule but do not stop learning. Texas, Cowboys, undefeated, NFC Championship game. If it doesn't happen, you're a bunch of bitches. That's what Rachel says. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>